number one, what is the most common question I get asked about my business? Number two is what are the objections that people are saying to me when they're saying, no, we're not going to buy. And what are the reasons why people are excited to buy, purchase, or connect with me? Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. So many small business owners start their business. I talk about websites a lot, both with my clients and on the show. There are so many ways it can go right and so many ways it can go wrong. And I think websites in general can feel a little bit confusing and overwhelming, especially to the small business owner trying to do as much as they can on their own. They're not quite ready to maybe hand over the reins of a full massive scale website project to someone else. And I am so excited to have Sammy on today. We are going to be ch chatting all things websites, but in particular, one of the biggest missteps that businesses make, which is that trust building with their websites. Sammy, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, you have a ton of experience in websites and in marketing. You've worked with small, medium, large businesses, for profit, nonprofit. And I think I'm I'm just going to guess that our audience is wondering, is there a difference in the way we should approach our website based on the type of business we run? In short, I would say no, especially right now. It's so easy with technology to create a really great looking website in whether you're a tiny business just starting out or a huge organization. And I would say one of the best pieces of advice I got when I first started out was show up like the business you want to be, not where you're at right now. And I think your website is a great way to be able to do that. I so agree. I love that you mentioned that because... I think websites, people assume that they can get away with not having a fancy website. Maybe they've seen someone who doesn't have one and think that, oh, well, then I don't really need to invest in it. But I think that's a, a big mistake. And I'd like to kind of dig into why it's such a big mistake to not invest in your website right at the beginning. Well, and I think invest, we think we have to have a huge, like it's got to be a big chunk of change. And it doesn't have to be. It can be super simple to begin with. But Think about your own buyer behavior. You hear about a brand, you have a conversation with somebody at a coffee shop. Somebody mentions, oh, hey, you should check out such and such shop. The first thing you do is go to Google and you're looking and you're trying to see, well, what's this company about? You know, I, so one of my friends mentioned something I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into this. Like that's what your buyer behavior is. That's how we research. That's how we get to know brands. Uh, so if you don't have any sort of presence online, then people can't find you. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, they must not really exist. So they move on to the next thing. There's somebody else that is doing what you're doing and can provide that service if you're not visible for them online. Mm, it's so true. I think one of the things I noticed for myself as a buyer, is I, I definitely do a lot of shopping, <laughs> <laughs> is the more steps or the harder it is for me to get what I want, the less likely I am to buy. And I think that's just kind of a universal <laughs> law. Am I right? <laughs> Yes. Yes. A thousand percent. 
Yeah, we want that. We're we're a culture of immediate gratification. Like we want it now, and we want to know the information now. We want to be able to find it. We don't want to have to search for it. Yes, and I think too one of the big challenges that we face as a business with a website is okay, but I want to put everything on my website, Mm. on the homepage, all of it. (laughs) Yeah. How do we discern what the right information is to put on your website and what you can kind of scrap? Yeah. So we have to remember who our audience is and what our target is and go back to our goals. So I always like to bring everything back to our goals. You as a business might have five goals that you're trying to achieve, but you prioritize them, right? So you have your biggest goal and then you have maybe your longer term goals and things are kind of ebbing and flowing, but your website is not like, oh, I built it. Now I don't have to touch it kind of a thing. So it can evolve and grow and adjust as you are working through your different goals. So you want to think about your header as like, okay, this is the most time sensitive, relative, important thing that we need to be talking about. And maybe you have one or two sliders if you have a lot going on. And then the order of what's on your homepage is in relationship to the goals you have for your business. So it's not just a word vomit of all of the things that you do, because you probably do more things than what you have as your priorities. But by making sure your website is in line with your business goals, and you're going to make sure the audience is seeing the things that are most relevant or most impactful or most helpful for what you're trying to do like right now in this moment. And then you can guide them to other places where they can dive deeper and they can learn more about who you are and what you do. Um, but we're really trying to capture that ideal audience that's in alignment with what you're trying to do right now. I think that's great advice for us, not just on our websites. <laughs> A lot of us try and do too much all at once. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Yes, all the time. <laughs> I'm constantly having to remind myself to like, you don't need to put like, let that go. That's, that's for like next year (laughs) patience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think the website's a good reflection of that. Like get prioritized, pick your, your biggest, most important things and focus on those. And the other stuff can come. It doesn't all have to happen at once. Um, And there's kind of two perspective I've noticed, two perspectives I've noticed on websites. It's either it's got to have everything all on the homepage, super long, or it's going to be this tiny, short, little blip of a homepage and and like minimal scrolling. Is there one that's right? That's wrong? Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about testing. I think it's more about figuring out how your specific users are going to access the website and engage with it. I'm a big fan of making sure that the most important information is on your homepage that has little blurbs that's going to excite them and then take them to another page that's going to allow them to deep dive so that you can get as much information out there with minimal scrolling. But there's so many amazing tools out there. Like Microsoft Clarity is my new favorite analytics tool because it's free and it's similar to hot jar if you've used that, but you can use it to see heat maps, which is going to show you where people are clicking the most on your homepage. It's also going to show you videos of how people are scrolling and interacting with your pages. So, and it links to Google Analytics. So you can kind of see everything all in one place. It's a beautiful thing, super easy to install, but that can answer the question you just asked. And so you can kind of test different versions of your page and be like, okay, well, we're not getting the conversions we want. Maybe we need to add more information. Okay, well, now that might be confusing. So you can kind of tweak and refine with real user data versus your own perception. That's the biggest mistake I actually think people make is they make changes based off their own perception as opposed to what the buyers or the users are actually telling us and showing us with their actions. 
I, I love that you mentioned that. Cause I was just going to ask, you know, I hear people <laughs> who will say like, but I hate X, Y, Z. I hate long website pages. I hate all the buttons. I hate this, that, and the other thing. And I, you know, it kind of brings it back to like, but it doesn't matter what you like or hate. It's not about you. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's not about you is the thing I say most to new clients <laughs> and the thing they get frustrated with, because it's like, you might be the ideal customer, but you know, you are not the person who's buying. And so you gotta, you can't talk about yourself. You gotta talk about them. You gotta make it about them, their pain point, what they need and, and why they should care about you and what you do. Yeah. And there was a word there that you said a couple of times, and I think we're going to jump onto it because this is a really neglected sometimes, but very confusing page on your website. You know, we'll focus a ton on the landing pages, on the sales pages, on the home pages, but nobody wants to talk about the about page. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. there's a huge opportunity there that people get really confused about. And oftentimes it just ends up being like corporate jargon and nonsense and useless. Isn't about page really important for most businesses? Yeah. Well, I mean, we know people want to do business with people they trust, people they like, people they feel in community with. We also know that people will spend more money on the same product if it's a company or a brand that they feel personally connected to. So the about page does that for you. It lets you show your personality. It lets you show who you are. Um, it lets you show why you're different. And I think especially for small to medium or small to medium sized organization, like that personality, why you started the business, why you care about what you're doing, why you developed the product, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, that about page allows you to make that personal connection. And I think we also think that our website needs to be super formal, buttoned up, professional, right? And maybe in some cases it does, but like, you know, the about page is a great place to show your personality and be a little bit silly if that's who you are or, you know, quirky or share dad jokes or whatever it is, whoever you are, like it's a way for people to connect to you on a personal level. You know, it's funny. I think my website's a pretty good example of that. I'm not going to lie because mm -hmm. there's a picture of me like it talking is. into great. a banana phone and random <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But it's true. And I get that's one of the comments that I hear from people who scroll my website is like, oh my gosh, I get your personality so much. And it made me want to talk to you. And I think it's a great opportunity to, especially if your competitors are highly professional, I think. Like for me as a marketer, for example, most of my competitors don't even have pictures of themselves on their websites. And I kind of mm -hmm. made mine all about me. <laughs> yeah. But it stands out. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it, it's just that it's, you know, if you see on a page like, oh, I spent the summer in New Zealand and you're like, oh, I've been New Zealand. I've always wanted like it's a, an immediate connection to be like, oh, OK, like I got to ask them about this or I want to go in shop at that store because like I didn't know anything like this existed in my town. And we have that personal connection. It's just like searching for or putting out job resumes. Right. Like what are those little things that you can do that make the recruiter say, oh, hey, like this is something different or unique or something that I, I connect with. And I think it's just a great way to feature and, and talk about, we don't want to talk about ourselves on the homepage. Like we don't want to make it about us. The about page is a great way to just be like, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. And then also just as importantly for people to self-select away from us, because we want to bring in people that are like-minded to us or that are really wanting our products or services or that we can really connect with because it's, you know, it's a two-way street, whatever our business is. Um, and so it's a great way for people to be like, you know what, maybe they're not the right people for us. And that saves us time, effort, and money as well in making sure that we have the right 
customers and the right clients. What a great reminder. I think all of us have the fear that like, it's bad for people to not want to work with us. Like, oh, everyone should want to work with me. I can work with everyone. I hear that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every single day. Right? Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Like the, wor the worst thing any marketer wants to hear is we work with everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, no, you don't, don't. you don't. And I, it's important to know that. And it's important for the consumer who's going to get the best possible quality service, pick the right thing to be able to know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have had clients that I've taken on that have, you know, early on in my business that like just drained me because we weren't the right fit. And they felt it, we felt it, but we were too far along into the project. We needed to finish it and then you're done. And then you work with clients that are like a complete alignment and it's just joyful and exciting and like it energizing and, and wonderful. So I think that's, you don't want to miss out on that opportunity to make sure that people really get to know you. And I think what I hear all the time about about pages, well, I hate writing bios about myself or I'm terrible at writing bios. And I get that too. And so I love to just say like, we'll just just write something down, just journal something about yourself and then have maybe have like a friend rewrite it or help you with it. But, you know, just kind of play with it and it can always change and evolve. Like you deciding to take a picture with a banana, like I don't think that it, that's been like an evolution of like you kind of getting into your personality and who you are and like how you want to show up on your website. It wasn't like you just came up with that overnight. So give yourself some grace to kind of lean into it because it's a little uncomfortable sometimes to like truly put yourself out there so it can evolve over time. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I'll tell you, it was like my fifth brand photo shoot by the time the banana came out. <laughs> so it's true. It definitely is true. You got to give yourself baby steps and like a lot of grace as you go through the process. And even if, if you're not the face of your business, I think is something that can be challenging for about pages, right? If you run a, a professional organization where there's no real face, it's a, it's a professional brand. Is it a different approach on the about page than it is for say a personal brand? AI has already completely revolutionized how we create content, but honestly, chat GPT is not good at long form content. Conversion copywriter here, and to be honest, most AI tools out there stink at long-form content. With Content at Scale, in just five minutes, you can generate high-quality, engaging, research-backed, 2,500-word-plus articles. Their AI immediately crawls Google and parses all the top-ranking content to generate 100% original, research-backed, 2,500-word articles or your website from a single keyword, an existing YouTube video, a podcast episode like this one, or a URL. Using Content at Scale's innovative AI technology, an experienced writer can now generate and edit up to 10 long-form pieces of content in just one day. And you can get started using Content at Scale now with my exclusive offer for 20% more post credits for free on any plan you purchase. It's a deal you won't find outside of my special link. So head to the episode description and snag the link now and start rocking long form content with content at scale. Sure. And so then you want to think about what your company's core values and, and culture is because your about page can also be a great way for you to attract the right employees. Uh, and attract the right uh, partners or collaborations, things like that. I've seen a lot of company pages that have their office dogs on their employee profiles. Like, you know, everybody has their, their office pup. And so their, you know, CEO 
Doug. I don't know why Doug is the dog name that I just came up with, but whatever. Not the best dog name, but we're going to go with it, right? So they have like their animals there, if that's something that's a part of your brand. Or the questions that you ask your staff members to put on their profile, like having fun with that, you know, and, and make it part of who your company is. So let's say you're a shoe company. Maybe one of the questions is, well, like, what's your favorite activity to wear shoes at or tennis shoes at or run it, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be what's your favorite shoe of ours that we make. It's, you know, how can we make it more of the lifestyle or the personality that fits in with the brand and who we are and how we want to engage, uh, engage with people. And then I think it's also just allowing your employees to kind of share fun facts and share what it's like to work there, share what it's like to be a part of the company, because I, as a consumer might see that and be like, wow, they really take great care of their employees. This is a cool company. I want to support them with my dollars because it feels like they've got a good vibe going. Mm -hmm. And we know that this is increasingly becoming more and more important with millennial and Gen Z dollars. It's so true. And I, I was just thinking of like a recent purchase that I made and that was absolutely an influencing factor, like how they presented the people within the organization. It absolutely impacted me in my buying decision. And I really, I like that you pointed that out. Now you mentioned the Gen Zs and the millennials, and I think this is a good kind of opportunity to talk about this new generation that's scrolling the internet now and buying from us. Now, is it a different approach? Are there things that we need to change based on maybe who our audience is and what kind of generation they're in? Yeah. So I think Gen Z and millennials combined are like 45% of the population right now and the biggest chunk of buying dollars. So a thousand percent, if you're not factoring them into your marketing decisions, then it might not be affecting you right now. But within the next five to 10 years, I think you're going to see a major impact. And I'm sure you, you've shared this quite a bit as well. You know, the Gen Zers have never grown up without technology. So they are 100% shopping digitally and researching digitally. Uh, and what we're seeing with both generations is it's about community even more so than ever. It's about building relationships. They don't just want it to be a transactional, I put money, you send me a pair of shoes, and then we're done. They want that whole experience. They want to feel like they're part of your community. And they want to be a part increasingly more and more of communities that are giving back, companies that are giving back. So having some sort of social impact on your about page as part of your core values is also something that can be a buying decision factor for people. I'm going to buy this pair of shoes because this company gives back in some way, shape or form. This is the exact same similar kind of shoe, but they don't do anything. That can be a decision-making yeah. issue. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's brilliant because a lot of organizations didn't put so much emphasis on their values or mission or how they're giving back their cause, their their big picture, kind of where they stand, right? Not a lot of businesses took a stand for a long time and now they're finding mm -hmm. they don't have a choice. They have to. They don't have a choice. <laughs> from consumers to employees, like yes. even from the hiring process, younger, well, Gen Z and millennials want to work for companies that have social impact as part of their philosophy. Yeah, it's so true. So for the Gen Zs and millennials who are craving that community engagement, because I think when we think of like the altruistic values and what we're getting back, like that's pretty simple. Put that on your website about page, like talk about how mm -hmm. you're providing or what you're doing. But when it comes to building community or the sense of trust and community on your about page, what does that look like? How do we do that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a couple easy ways. One being making sure you have third party, any sort of third party associations that you're a part of, making sure those seals or logos or whatever are present on your page. That's super easy. Things like 
B Corps certifications, if that's relevant or anything like that, that might make sense. Put those on there. I think testimonials from your employees are great to have on there if you're a small team or, or you don't have a lot of that. Um, even having customer reviews and customer testimonials on your about page is great. I love getting on a Zoom just like we are now and saying to some of your best customers, like, can we just get on a quick Zoom? I'd love to just ask you a few questions about why you like the products. And then it's so easy to edit or even just put it up raw. Like, nope, they don't, it doesn't have to be hyper polished, things like that. But just that video is great. Video is extremely important with younger, uh, younger generations because it builds that trust so much faster. They can see your face. They can see their face. So something quick and easy like this that you can just upload to YouTube and put on your website, super quick and easy and can build a lot of connection and show people that you are there for your customers and how you treat them. So they can know what to expect when they're uh, making a transaction or, or participating with your company. Mm, I like how you said that. I think, you know, it's the devil, you know, a lot of times, right? If you know what to expect, you're more likely to make that purchasing decision. If you don't know what's going to happen or what, what's, what the product's going to be like, what other people have seen or experienced or what the communication's going to look like, any of those pieces, it makes it a little bit harder to push add to cart or check out for a lot yeah. of people. Well, I think a lot of times too, we'll test something out with a company. We might buy one small thing just to see what happens and like figure it out. And okay, well, am I going to like the product? Am I going to like the way they treat me? Are they going to annoy me because now they're just sending me promo stuff and they're not actually sharing any value? Like, what does that look like? So I think it's also placing value on all purchases and all clients and all customers, regardless of the size of their purchase, because a lot of times we're just trying to see what happens, what, what happens next. If I don't know what that looks like, what happens next? And then if you can treat them well and nurture them in all of the different ways that I know you talk about on this podcast, then that's your quickest path to repeat customers. And, and you've built the trust right there. Mm, I really like that. I think not enough business owners, small and medium in particular, like secret shop themselves online, Yeah, <laughs> right? Like go through the actual process and receive the onboarding emails or receive the digital asset that they're sending and actually experience what it's like to be a consumer because there's a lot of times there's a disconnect between what we're doing and what the experience of the consumer is. Yeah. And one of my favorite ways to do that, even as a, if you're in the service-based industry or, or as a consultant is uh, creating an affiliate program mm. and having your affiliates help test that out for you. Because number one, you've got people out there talking about your brand and sharing and, and all of that. But then, then saying like, Hey, if you want to be an affiliate, like download one of my freebies or go through this process so that you can see what your people you're sending to me would go through. And because they're people that are probably in a similar space, you know, they'll be able to give you great feedback on what that experience looks like and help you kind of refine it. And you don't have to pay a consultant or somebody to come in and help you do that. Mm, that's brilliant. I think people overcomplicate affiliate programs too, right? Like they think you need some fancy software and all sorts of stuff to make it work, but it, it really can be very simple to get a, a mm -hmm. group of people together to help you market your business. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think so many people start out as a referral based business and mm -hmm. an affiliate program is not any different than that. Yeah. You're just giving them a little bit of a commission. So don't over, yeah, hundred percent. Don't overthink it. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that from now on because I know a lot of people resist affiliates, but they're, they're getting referrals and it's like, all you're doing is rewarding them. That's it. Yeah. Well, it's like, do you want to pay a thousand dollars for a Facebook ad? Or do you want to mm -hmm. pay somebody that you know, like, and trust that's helping you? 
you know, whatever that 10%, whatever that might be, yep. you know, you're not, you're not paying the marketing costs. So mm-hmm. referrals are great. And I, I think, you know, also including some of that information on your about page, like if you're not recruiting team members, even having that information on your about page saying we're actively recruiting affiliates to help us. We want to help promote you. We're looking for people that can collaborate. Like that's a great place to put that information as well. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. The about page, it has so much opportunity and potential, but I think people assume it has to just be a bio. Right. It's not just a little bio. I think it can be just as long as everything else that you have going on. It just needs to be, again, though, the relevant information for the things that you're trying to do now. So if you're in an active hiring process, then make sure all the company corporate culture stuff is at the top and your jobs are easy for people to find. If you're just trying to build brand awareness and trust, then maybe you have some more bios about the people that are stakeholders. So it's the same philosophy as what we talked about at the beginning with the homepage the order with which things are presented can vary based off of the goals of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. I I think that like that prioritization just makes so much logical sense to me. Like the amount of people who leave after just landing there and not scrolling is pretty high. And as they scroll, like we want to make sure that they're getting the most important stuff right away. So regardless of the page, I think that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. We recommend putting just like an hour on your calendar every month and just have it as a standing meeting with your website. Mm. And just scroll through your core pages and just review quickly. Are we in alignment? Are things okay? Great. Most of the time you won't have to touch anything, but some of the times you'll be like, oh crap, we just finished that big event and we forgot to remove that banner because we were so busy with everything else. Or, you know, okay, now we're moving into this. We need to remind our web people that this needs to be changed. So if you do it every month and it doesn't take hardly any time at all, and then you can make sure that everything is consistent with with where you're headed. For everyone listening, like pull out your phones and <laughs> set that time aside now because that is such a gem of advice. We so often just delegate it or forget about it or oh, I'll get to it eventually. But I think having that standing meeting with your website on a consistent monthly basis is going to save you so much time and probably a lot of stress as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's critically important. I mean, you need to be maintaining it as well. That's a whole nother conversation. But that content, because if we're talking about trust and we're talking about building authenticity, mm. there's nothing worse than going to a website and seeing stuff that you know is out of date. And you're like, okay, well, are they still in business? Or like, what's going on here? Like, you lose immediate trust with your visitors if things aren't uh, staying relevant and, and timely. Yeah, it's the um, it's like a waterfall effect. If I get there and notice that that's out of date, then what else is out of date and not taken care of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or how are they treating their customers? Or do they not have new things coming out? Or okay, I don't need to come back to this website anytime soon because they're not re- they're not putting out any relevant information, or they haven't ha- published a blog post since. 2002, like, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Just staying relevant and timely is critically important to building trust. So for the listeners, if they're, for example, they've got that calendar date set with themselves in their website and they're like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour and I'm going to tackle specifically my about page because it has been neglected and it's terrible and it needs work, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure most of us feel that way about our about page. For that listener, what would you say maybe the top two to three things that they should really focus on that very first time they start adjusting or optimizing their about page. So uh, the first thing I would have you do is get out a piece of paper, not digital at all, and really answer these three questions. Number one, what is the most common question I get asked about my business? Number two is what are the objections that people are saying to me when they're saying, no, we're not 
going to buy? And what are the reasons why people are excited to buy, purchase, or connect with me? So those three things are really what you want to craft your about page around because that's what the public is telling you. They're either not understanding or they're loving about who you are. So those are the things you want to celebrate about your brand. And those are the, the object. You don't want to just say like, if you are, people aren't buying because of this, like you're not writing the objections out verbatim, right? Which I think y'all know, but I'm just going <laughs> to be clear there. But it's more like addressing it in like, if people in the community are not understanding that you do have this social impact thing, for example, then that's missing from your about page and make sure that it's very clear, right? Mm -hmm. Those objections that people are telling you that they're not understanding about who you are and what you do, you want to maybe highlight that a little bit higher on your about page or make it extremely clear so that people can get that information more quickly. So that would be the first thing. And then the second would just be tying it back to your goals, making sure that everything is, you know, but look at your goals again, because I think we tend to in our brains, if we're not reviewing our goals regularly, we kind of think we know what they are. But then have you ever looked at them and you're reading them and you're like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot we were going to do that. Are you I talking mean, to me or are you talking to me? <laughs> I mean, I have done it too, right? You're like, oh, yeah, that was one of the things we were going to be focusing on. So get your goals out and then look at your about page and make sure that things are in alignment. And then the last thing, the third thing, when it comes to language, A, make sure it's consistent. Mm. Like, are we in first person, how are we talking to our audience, but then also make sure that we're not constantly just referring to us. Like your bio is different, but some of the other things, like if you're talking about the community, make sure you're really speaking to the pain points of why you're doing that work that you're doing or why your culture is the way that it is from the standpoint of the person you might be hiring or the person who might be making a buying decision, whatever that might be. That's the hardest thing I think for people is to talk about them, not talk about us. Um, and on an about page, that's just as important. Yeah. I think um, a lot of times we think the about page is like about us as an organization, but it's really about why at yeah. the core. Yeah. A hundred percent. And for the listeners, I kind of wrote down, it's like QOR questions, objections, reasons. And I think yeah. like, that's one of the things that really stuck with me was like, oh, that's actually a really smart way of thinking about my about page is if I can start off with those things and then prioritize my goals along, like that made a lot of sense to me. So I, I wrote that down briefly just for myself, but also for the listeners <laughs> to remember. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, we want to overcomplicate things, but again, just like we said, the data needs to show us how to make the decisions. Like the people will tell you you can have the best idea on the planet, but if the public doesn't want it, it doesn't matter, right? Perception is reality. And so we have to get out of our own way uh, and make sure that we're meeting the market, not making the market come to us. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have demand, then you kind of don't have a business, unfortunately. Right. I mean, it's just like we say all the time, you know, the best musicians on the planet, like you look at everything that's happening with Taylor Swift right now, right? and Swifties don't come at me for what I'm about to say. She is not the best singer on the planet. Like she's a great, talented singer. She's an incredible songwriter. But if, but if you were to stack her up against vocalists, she's not the best, probably not even in the top 10. But what she has done really well is figured out her brand, figured out how to connect with her community, figured out how to put on a show, figured out how to treat her. She's built a whole world around you know, Easter eggs and all of these things. And so it's not about being the best at what you do. It's about connecting the best with the right people. 
mm-hmm. and making the best, building the best community. And I think that's the lesson that we need to remind ourselves. It's being authentic and genuine to who we are at our core and then attracting the right people that are going to help us build that community around it. That's the sustainability of a brand. Yeah. Don't pretend to be something you're not, but own the parts of you that you can. Love it. Yeah. So sorry. I hope, I hope you don't have a lot of Swifties that are going to come at me for that because the comments are going to be wild. I know. She's amazing. She's amazing. But it's true. It's true. And I think, right, there's a difference between just a vocalist and an artist and right. Like they're, they're, we're not, we're not. Yeah. Don't come at us. We love Taylor Swift. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say back to websites, you have a really cool tool to be able to help our listeners start making better changes to optimize their websites. And I'd love to make sure that we chat a little bit about it. Yeah. So we have a 30 day website roadmap uh, and it doesn't have to take you 30 days. Some of you overachievers can get it done a lot faster, but we wanted to make sure you kind of have time to go through all of the elements. And it basically walks you through everything you should consider on your website. So each day has a different task from messaging to tech resources to what you, uh, how many pages you have, what's on those pages, all of that stuff. So you can really review what you currently have and get a very good picture of what might need to be adjusted, what might be great and doesn't need to be changed and kind of can really set you up to then have those hourly dates with your website be just on point and super successful. You'll know exactly what you're looking for and uh, what types of things you want to make sure you're adjusting on a regular basis. Oh, I love that. And they can find that at thefirstclick.net backslash 30 days. Correct. Yep. Just a free download. And then you'll get emails from me along the way to kind of help give you additional resources and deep dive on particular topics as well. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Sammy, it's been wonderful. So for the listeners who want to dig in and learn more about you and the first click, where can they go? Yeah, so the firstclick.net is a great place to grab all of our free resources. I'm most active on LinkedIn. You can follow our company page, the first click. But yeah, those are two great places to connect. And then Sammy also has an amazing podcast that I highly recommend you check out as well. I will link it in the description below as well. You'll have to link the episode you were a guest on. Yes, that's a great (laughs) point. Yes, I was on it. You need to go listen. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Sammy, thank you so much. I learned a ton. I know the listeners did too. This has just been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. You did it. You finished another episode of the Hustle Less Profit More podcast. Season two has been brought to you by Content at Scale. With Content at Scale's world-class SEO AI writer, in just five minutes, you can generate high-quality, research-backed, 2,500-word articles, And here on the Hustle Less Profit More podcast, we use content at scale to create blog posts from every single episode, which you can explore along with our show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmore.com. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Now join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 o